Welcome to this podcast. This is going to be about the life and times of Tim Heal. In this series of podcasts, I'm going to take you through my life from birth to retirement. I will be covering some of the major events in my life and some of the successes and failures that I've had during my lifetime. So sit back, strap yourself in, it's going to be a bit of a bumpy ride. Welcome to episode 17 of the Tim Hill Podcasts. In this episode, I'm going to take you through what happened once I got back from my my last tour of Afghanistan in 2009. Thank you for listening. Mary had found it quite a challenge with me being away in Afghanistan and we sat down and had a real heart-to-heart and she didn't really feel that it was working. So during that leave, we decided that we'd part company and that was it. We'd had some really good times over the 18 months that we were going out together. When things aren't working right, then it's time just to walk away and that's what we did. We parted friends a good time was had by all and it was time to move on. It wasn't long after that I went down to see Ro and the boys. We decided that for one reason or another we'd get together. It seemed the right thing to do at the time. We'd known each other for the best part of 25 years I suppose and it just seemed right. The rest of the family thought it was a good idea and thought why hadn't we done it earlier? Well there was other reasons why we didn't do it earlier, but we were going to determine we were going to make a success of it. On the 20th of April, I'd booked a focused event day at Brands Hatch with a 749S. So I arrived there on the day, got briefed up and everything, and had a fantastic day. I had about five different sessions, a sort of 20 minutes a session, around short circuit at Brands on the 749 Ducati. Whoa. It comes alive on the track. I don't particularly like riding it on the road, but get it on the track and she is something else. She just handles fantastic. And the only trouble with doing quite a lot of sessions is as you go through the sessions, you just get quicker and quicker and quicker. And I really had a really good time and learned an awful lot about the bike by the end of the session. So that was uh, a fantastic track day. The next track day I had, I took the Lotus to Brands as well and did a similar sort of thing. And Brands Hatch on the short circuit is quite a difficult technical track to to get the hang of and it's very easy to, to get it wrong. As I almost found out, I didn't, but I almost did. Scared myself a couple of times with both the car and the bike. But that's Brands Hatch, I love it. I went back into work at the group around about the beginning of May 2009 with the knowledge that I hadn't got a new contract with the group beyond the 31st of July. I was now looking at what I was going to do for my new role. So I had to do up a load of paperwork to get enhanced DBS clearance and I had to renew my security clearance for me to be able to do this job. I also arranged to go and do the unit welfare officers course down at Bristol. This course was due to start on the 13th of July, but before that I had an awful lot of work to do with the group, arranging some exercises and going on range conferences to confirm that we've got the ranges that we were looking for. I was planning to do a fibula weekend up at Stanta and I had to write the exercise plan for that and do the admin instruction, go up to Thetford to confirm we wanted that particular range in November. 
I also wrote another weekend exercise for the reserves to do their maths training. That's their military annual training tests in order for them to qualify to get their bounty. And we also booked a swimming pool over at Henlow so they could do their army swimming test. I also booked a gym and a PTI to run the their annual combat fitness training test, a six mile force march in full kit, and also their personal annual fitness test, which is the essentially the mile and a half. I also booked a range down at Barton Road so we could go down and do their annual personal weapons test as well. This was all over a week that they were going to come down and get all this done. At the same time, I was organising another training weekend up at Swinnerton. Swinnerton is up near Stafford, and it's the only training area in the country that has a European driving course on it. When you enter the training area, you immediately have to go into left-hand drive mode, and everything is left-hand drive. So it's set up as a European mode system. We, this weekend, we were going to go up and we were going to do some FM mass training so i was going to show the guys how to set up the fm radio system and set up the mast and how to to set the masts up to to broadcast the signal or to broadcast the radio program so uh, on top of everything else we had to get permission to broadcast on a separate wavelength for the fm transmitter at very very reduced power so it didn't go out further than the actual site itself which was quite a challenge. So as you can see, May and June were really busy for me. And on the 22nd of May, we deployed down to Hythe Ranges with the team that was due to go out to Afghanistan next. And we had the range package for them. Also, when we got back off of that, weekend, that week, we had a weekend with the reserves. At the same time as all this was going on, I was also on the science mess summer ball committee and we had the summer ball on the 4th of July which was quite good because it was Independence Day so we celebrated that as well because we had a few Americans on base so it was a fantastic fantastic night we spent quite a lot of money on that night the following week was just as busy for me I had uh, I had to contact the Sergeant Major down at Nijmegen Company Grenadier Guards to sort out going and having a, a, a first visit with him as I was then informed that instead of going to F Company Scots Guards in Wellington Barracks, I was going to be posted to Nijmegen Company Grenadier Guards in Woolwich. So on the Wednesday of that week, I went down to Woolwich and had a really good chat with the Company Sergeant Major and the Commanding Officer, or the OC of Nijmegen Company. They pretty much gave me a blank piece of paper and said... the the job's yours, this is the problems that we have, etc, etc, etc. You'd also need to sort yourself out some blues and your number two dress needs to be in order, which wasn't a problem. I got that when I got back to Chicksalitons. I ordered up a set of blues and got those tailored and everything ready for, for when I actually started. Also that week, I had uh, I'd already booked in to do some role play for iBranch on the Friday, which was my favourite day on the course because I played Captain Fittipaldi and all I had to do was keep repeating my number, rank, name, date of birth, that was it. And it was great fun. It used to drive some of them up a complete wall and on one occasion I, I was doing it, 
this guy lost it totally and I was pinned up against the wall and the, 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 the directing staff had to come in and drag him off. It was quite, quite funny. Not for the guy, actually. He failed the course, but uh, or you don't actually fail the course. You're either acceptable or unacceptable for being a, a, an interrogator. The day before, on a Thursday, I spent the day packing up the kit, ready to go on the ranges for the weekend. I'd had a range package booked and I was going to be the range conducting officer for the reserves that weekend to do their annual personal weapons test down at Barton Road Ranges, which is just outside of Cambridge. That Sunday evening of the 12th of July, once I got back off the ranges, got everything cleared down, washed up, and everybody had all cleared off, I then sorted myself out to go down to Bristol that evening. So I drove down to Bristol to start the Unit Welfare Officers course on the Monday morning. That course lasted the week and we covered stuff like the Joint Service Publications 770, the Land Standing Orders 3351 and Ag Eyes 110. We covered the Care Assessment Plans, we covered the National Helpline for Women, we covered the Men's Action Advice Helpline. We covered inland revenue, tax and credits and going through all the stuff that uh, people are entitled to. We also covered the, the Joint Casualty and Compassionate Cell, which I'd already had sight of in the past, having been brought back from Iraq. And we also looked at uh, lots of different stuff like Consumer Credit Council services. We looked at service families accommodation we looked at how to apply for for service families accommodation what people were entitled to and we covered all that sort of stuff in a full week it was a pretty full-on week but the food down there was outstanding it was actually done in bristol university and they had an on-site canteen and they fed us and it was lovely it was a really good week and a really good course and put me in good stead to go and start this new role as a unit welfare officer for Nijmegen Company, Grenadier Guards. Saturday the 25th of July 2009 was a particularly special day. It was the 200th anniversary of the Battle of Talavera and in Northampton they were going to lay up the Northampton Regiment's colours for the last time. So I went along to that particular day dressed in my blazer and stuff like that and I met up with a load of old mates. I met up with my first platoon sergeant, Sergeant Mick Draper. He was a lovely guy, and I remember him from back then. There was also Joe Evans there, who ended up as a Chelsea pensioner, and I had a lot to do with Joe. He was the first colour sergeant I met in the battalion when I first arrived there in 1975. That last week of July 2009, was my last week on my current contract. I just spent a lot of time tying up lots of loose ends. Although I was going to stay on at the group for another couple of weeks, just on man training days, I had that break of a month of the whole of August, which I took part of it as leave. On Sunday the 2nd of August, Roe and I went to Minden Day up at Bury St Edmunds to support the regiment there. On Monday the 10th of August I'd arranged to take Roe and the boys down to Gatwick Airport and drop them off as they were going to fly out to Dublin 
to see Rose's brother out there. And then I was going to pick her up again on Thursday the 13th. And I had an appointment in Wellington Barracks on the 11th of August to go and get my number twos and number one dress sorted out. I spent Monday and Tuesday of the 17th and 18th of August packing up my room, getting ready to, to move down to Woolwich. And I was taking over my accommodation in Woolwich on the 20th. On the 19th, I'd got a one-day course booked up at Waterbeach to do a, what they called Blenheim training. Blenheim is a, a software package for booking ranges and stuff like that that I would need in my next job. So I borrowed a van from the MT and managed to move most of my stuff down to Woolwich on the 20th. I was the first person to take over a slam accommodation, which is single living accommodation in Woolwich. They'd just built some brand new blocks down there and I was the first person to move in, which was quite a privilege. And then on Friday the 21st, I'd arranged to go and stop at the Roebuck Inn in Stevenage and I was going to take part in a walk for the, all the fours with Christine Bonner and her team and I spent a fantastic three days with them going out walking every day we were doing about 25 miles a day to raise money for the Royal Anglian Benevolent Fund unfortunately Christine's son Darren was killed in 2006 when I was actually out in Afghanistan at the time. He was killed up in Musakala. Unfortunately, I never managed to get to Musakala. Although my new contract started on the 1st of September 2009, I had a pre-march out that day at Chicksands. I had my mess leaving due on the 2nd. I presented the mess a big portrait of the retreat from Kabul in 1842 with the last surviving Member the doctor was riding into Jalalabad with the bad news of the massacre and the mess presented me with a tankard and we had a Battle of Britain dinner in the mess on the 3rd and then I finally marched out of my room in Chicksands for the last time on the 4th of September and I started down at Woolwich on Monday the 7th of September 2009 First thing I did is I went and saw the site major while all the guys were outside on parade having a roll called. On a Monday morning, they all form up and the roll's called and they make sure that everybody's there. Then myself and the site major went outside and I was introduced to the company as the new welfare officer and all their problems they would come to me with. The company at that time was around about, 100 or, about 108 strong with a fair mix of foreign and commonwealth soldiers. Foreign and commonwealth soldiers come with their own set of problems, but we'll go through that as we get along. One of the first things that the company was going off to do, they were going off to Nijmegen to do the Nijmegen marches. To this end, there was a lot of the guys had to have their visas sorted out because the foreign and commonwealth soldiers had to have Schengen visas to be able to go to Holland and go through Belgium and France. So I had to take half of them down to the Dutch Embassy on the Thursday and Friday to sort out their visas. And the following week, we went and picked up their passports so they could go on this trip. On that first Wednesday morning, there was a boot run on 
and the guys were going to run across Woolwich Common and then go up Shooter's Hill and it suggested that I go with them. Well, I was quite nervous at this because I've you know, seen all these young lads. I'm going to struggle at keeping up with them. Well, it wasn't quite the case. We set off and um, I thought I'd, I'd stick with the back and just see how we go, to see if I can keep up. We hadn't been gone long at all, about 20 minutes, and they started a flag. Some of the guys started dropping back and I ended up giving them encouragement. And I ended up uh, dragging half of them up, shoot as ill, and out to have a word with them at the top, saying, look, guys, you're young, you're fit, you're, sort of, you're 18, 19, 20 years old, and you're struggling at keeping up with a 53-year-old. Come on, guys, have a word with yourself. If you need some extra PT, get down to the gym, see the PTI, and he'll give you some extra PT to bring you up to standard. But you need to be fit, guys. And I left it at that. Anyway, some of the guys took it on board and became gym queens. Anyway, some of the other stuff that I got involved with, I got involved with a community action group. I got involved with the housing committee meetings. And I also got involved with the unit health committee meeting, which involves going along to the medical centre. And we sat down and we talked through the whole of the company with all their medical issues, all the downgraded people, what special needs they had, etc uh, etc et so I was on lots of meetings lots of committees so the job was really really busy right from the word go Saturday 19th of September was the Royal Anglian Regimental Rugby Day we were playing Wyndham up in Norfolk or Suffolk one of the two and uh, I was going up there to play as I always did so uh, the plan was that I'd go up there I watched most of the game and then go in the last 10 minutes as a scrum half and, and and score a cheeky little try. I ended up starting the game again and playing most of the game, which was great fun. The following day was the regimental gathering at Duxford. The Royal Anglian Regiment have the regimental gathering day at Duxford every year in September. And this year was no exception. And it involves all, all of our battalions and all of our predecessor battalions, so the nine, nine county regiments, guys still turn up, or all seven battalions turn up for this day. It's a fantastic day out at Duxford, and a real highlight of the year for me. Most of my weekends I spent down at uh, Rose, and I got involved with the old Caterhamians Rugby Club, and I started playing for their sort of seconds and thirds and vets, which I found really good fun. Off the back of this, I asked if I could set up a team for the companies. I got permission from the three company commanders and they said, uh, go ahead. And we called it London District Incremental Companies Rugby Team, along with a couple of other guys in the company that had their level one coaching qualification. We managed to get the team together and we used to practice on a Wednesday afternoon and we got the guys playing and we used to play amongst ourselves and it was the following year that I managed to get us into a league. But the first game we ever played was at Caterham. And I'd arranged with the club that they'd host us for that day. And it would lay on a big event to help for Heroes and British Legion and all that. And we had stands set up and we had fun, a real fun day. And that went off really, really well. And that started off our season then. And we went and played in the minor leagues in the Army Division in the South East. The core business of the incremental companies is to provide the Queen's Guard. And they mount guard all the time 
and they're on to Buckingham Palace, they're on St James's Palace, they're on the Tower of London, and they also go out to Windsor Castle. And I managed to get on all of the different guards, just so I knew exactly what to expect, what the guys were doing, and what the guards entailed, basically. So I managed to go around to all the different guards, spend the night in Buckingham Palace, I spent a night in St James's Palace, I spent a night in the Tower of London, uh, which was great because I got to go into the Yeoman Warders Bar and also got to do the guard round at Windsor. So it was a real, real privilege to be able to go and do this and to see what went on behind the scenes. I was booked on the Equality and Diversity course down at Amport House. Amport House is where all the, the Padres go and have their courses and it's their, their headquarters. But it's a really good place to go and do courses. And over the years, I did several courses down there. But the first one I did was the Equality, Diversity, Inclusion course, which for me, I suppose is all right. The other course I went down there to do was the Trauma Risk Management course. I'd already previous done this um, in my last job for deploying out to Afghanistan. It was just something that was coming into being mainstream army, shall we say. The Marines have been doing trim for a long, long time, but the army are just getting into it, and it was all about trying to prevent guys from getting PTSD in the first place. So if there's a, an incident, they're involved in a major trauma-type incident, a shooting, a bomb, something like that, then there's a process that you go through to talk them through it and to try and put into practice they're not alone in it and it's perfectly normal to get some of the feelings that they were getting and this is in the long term helps prevent guys getting PTSD and it's a really good course to go and do and I've done it several times over the years. I also had to go and do the casualty notification and casualty visiting officers course which I ended up having to do on a couple of occasions. Casualty notification is okay you just go in, you tell people the bad news and you come out, you go back in and reintroduce a casualty visiting an officer. Casualty visiting an officer then takes over the case and they tend to be with the family for quite some time, helping them sort through all the details and all the stuff that has to be gone through when there's a casualty in the family. And I, I cop this duty twice. I ended up at Sunny Oak Hospital with one guy with the press chasing us around because of the, it was a big incident that all kicked off in Afghanistan. The second incident that I was involved in, or the second casualty visiting officer I did, involved a, a death of a squirrel. Um, a guy had been riding his bike through Windsor Great Park on his way to work and he had overtaken a couple of other cyclist uh, at speed and he's got one of his all fancy real flash carbon fibre bikes that goes like stink and this, this squirrel's run out in front of him gone straight into his front wheel decapitated the poor squirrel sent him over the handlebars and he's had a, a fairly bad head injury and I ended up taking his wife up to the Radcliffe Hospital in Oxford which was quite weird for me because the last time I was there was when Sandra died. So it was quite a funny old experience for me personally 
going back to the Radcliffe. But I cope with it, and it was good. Uh, but we had a really good laugh at this poor bloke's expense. Um, unfortunately, the casualty visiting officer for the, the Squirrels family couldn't be found. But this guy's bike had literally disintegrated. So there's a top tip for you. If you've got a carbon fibre bike, don't let a squirrel run in your front wheel because it'll destroy your bike. My old mate from Chicksands contacted me and asked me if I could get some guys to go up to Twickenham for the rugby to carry out the flags onto the pitch for this particular game. Yeah, I said, yeah, I can do this. Because I'd done it for many times before, I knew exactly what was entailed. And I got a handful of guys from the company to go to Twickenham on this Saturday to go and do the flags. And this was the start of my almost taking over. In fact, I did take over in the end the running of the flag duties at Twickenham. But I'll give you a little bit more of that later in another episode. But for now, we had a load of guys go to Twickenham out on the pitch to do the, the flag duty for one of the England international games. The company commander thought it'd be a good idea for me to go up to Catrick and Harrogate to meet all the new recruits that were coming through training to introduce myself up there so when they came down to the company they would know who I was and what I could do for them. So I organised a trip to go up to Catrick to the infantry training depot there and to meet all the guys that were coming through their phase two training. And I also went off to Harrogate. So I spent a couple of days away doing that. And it was a real eye-opener to see how training was being conducted nowadays. It's totally, totally different from what I ever did. When I went through the depot of Queen's Division back in 1974, it was a real brutal regime. This was a proper little holiday camp for these guys. Yeah, okay, the, the, the training was still relevant. It's still tough. But in comparison to what I went through in training, it's just a world of difference. I really enjoyed my tour of Harrogate, which is the Army Foundation College, and it's all for 16, 17-year-olds. And it's a fabulous setup there. I mean, it's a really, really nice camp. It's all fairly new. They've all got really, really nice accommodation. And it's all geared up to look after these young people and to bring them into the military way of life. I wish I'd have had something like that when I was a junior soldier. All we had was the old wooden spider blocks and, and brutality. This was a really nice setup, and everybody was nice to people and you're not allowed to shout at people or anything like that. So it's a really, really good training, learning environment. As I'd mentioned before, the core business of the incremental companies is the Queen's Guards. And for us to mount a Queen's Guard from Woolwich was quite a pain in the ass. The guys had to be up around about half past four in the morning in order to sort out the weapons, sort out all their kit onto coaches, and for the coaches to leave to go into London around about six o'clock in the morning just to beat the traffic to get to Wellington Barracks to be able to mount the guard at uh, 11 o'clock in the morning. It was, it was crazy. Off the back of this, this was decided that the two incremental companies that were at Woolwich, which was Nine Maiden Company Grenadier Guards and Seven Company Colstering Guards, would move into Wellington Barracks and then would be all three incremental companies together, which included F Company Scots Guards and the battalion that was in Wellington Barracks, which was the 1st Battalion Grenadier Guards, would move out. King's Troop Royal Horse Artillery would move into Woolwich, Lock, Stock and Barrel 
they were closing down St John's Wood and they had a new stable built in Woolwich. Also, they would move an infantry battalion into Woolwich, which just happened to be the 1st Battalion, the Royal Anglian Regiment. Number 7 Company, Colstrom Guards, had just got their new guy in to do the welfare. And between us, we were going to take over the welfare office in Wellington Barracks. And to that end, we had several meetings up in Wellington Barracks to look at what accommodation they've got up there, and they took us round to show us the quarter patch that was there and also what facilities we had available to us when we actually moved in. Also, there were plans to change the, the science mess. Half of the mess, which was the battalion side of the mess, was going to go and going to be rebuilt into the London Operations Centre or London Military Operations Centre, the Elmock they called it. So. By the time that we actually moved in, we'd lost half the mess, but retained the London district side, and it would be the London district mess as opposed to London central garrison. We were part of London district. So this big move was all going to happen in the early part of 2010. Now I'm going to leave it there for this episode, because going into 2010, lots and lots of things happened. Particularly for me, I got married in 2010 and I'll take you through that in the next episode of how we organised it and what we did for our wedding. Now I can only apologise for all the background noises going on in this particular episode. So I'm recording this while we're sailing around the country. We're doing a circumnavigation of the UK in 2020 because of the coronavirus. Thank you for listening.